could have imagined. What joy came from that phone call from Kids Wish Network? All of our wishing felt real. I'll never forget the moment she took my hand and said, Ready for our next adventure, Granddad? If you got a phone call from a charity calling themselves the Kids Wish Network, you might do a bit of a double take. After all, the name sure sounds a lot like Make-A-Wish and they have the same mission too, granting the wishes of sick children, of course. If a child wants to meet a celebrity, go to Disneyland, fly a plane, you name it, it's these charities' purpose to make that happen. Maybe this Kids Wish Network is the parent charity or something. Maybe it's another branch of Make-A-Wish. Now, you don't know the affiliation, but you know they need your help. They might ask you for $5, maybe 20, and you decide to help out. What kind of monster wouldn't help a sick child in need, right? So you give the solicitor your credit card number and a few dollars and a minutes later, off you go, having done your good deed for the day. It's as simple as that. But then they call you again, and again, and again, and again. Hell, maybe you didn't have anything extra to give, but they'll still call you, insisting that you've given in the past and they need your help again. Think of the kids. Little Timmy with a terminal illness wouldn't ever get to see Mickey Mouse if you don't give this charity your money. They blow up your phone asking for more every time. Some claim that it doesn't matter if you're elderly with Alzheimer's, if you've given in the past or you asked to be placed on their do not call list, that doesn't matter. Kids Wish Network will call you again and again, pestering you to make these wishes come true. You can threaten them with legal action, but that won't matter either. They'll survive any attempts to stop them like a telemarketer cockroach. And by this point, you might start to wonder why the hell a reputable charity is harassing you. Well, it doesn't take much Googling to learn that Make-A-Wish doesn't even hire professional telemarketers in the first place. In fact, they have quite a few evil clones out there like Children's Wish Foundation International, Wishing Well Foundation, and of course, Kids Wish Network. KWN is simply the most notorious. As long as KWN is actually fulfilling these wishes though, then what does it matter? You can't have too many wishes granted for sick kids, can you? It's kind of Scrooge-like to say no, isn't it? But that's kind of where the problem is. Their wish granting involves handing out gift cards to kids at the hospital and donating coloring books and board games to kids that aren't sick at all. On their website, they put up pictures of kids who have been named heroes of the month for sticking with their difficult treatment, but they make no mention of how they're going to cover hospital bills or what they as an organization do to help, except maybe a $300 Walmart gift card or a piece of paper. When they make millions, but only seem to give out pocket change, it's pretty clear that this charity's priority isn't children. In fact, KWN's finances are so terrible that it's been named the worst charity out there. As in, yes, the worst of the worst. Their abysmal ratings, questionable treatment of employees, pushy phone solicitors, and pathetic programs are only the tip of this terrible iceberg. As the name implies, this Pasco-based charity grants wishes to kids with life-threatening illnesses. But wait till you see how- Wait, do you wanna go to Disneyland? Uh-huh. Yes, well, you can go, buddy. A consumer lawyer in St. Petersburg is suing the Pasco-based Kids Wish Network, alleging fraud and other sketchy business practices. Labeled Kids Wish the worst charity in America. Data decided best to get a mark Hello, and welcome to the Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're gonna be talking talking about the Kids Wish Network or KWN. For those of you who've been around for a while, yes, this charity may look familiar, but today we're taking an even deeper dive into America's worst charity. For those of you who haven't seen my previous episode on KWN, which is about two years old at this point, 
No need to worry because you'll still be able to learn about this utter train wreck in today's episode alone. So let's get started by addressing what they do, which is wish granting. Basically, this allows a sick child a day to focus on their wants and happiness. So you kind of get the concept. I'm sure you've seen viral clips of celebrities meeting up with sick kids, or maybe you've heard about how John Cena was honored for granting the most wishes from Make-A-Wish. But here's the thing about wish granting. It brings out the best and worst in people. For example, there are those that will donate their services for free to make a child smile. Celebrities won't ask for money. Maybe a restaurant says it's on the house. A theme park might say the kid can come for free of charge. You name it. Essentially, a lot of companies will bend and sway to help these kids. And this is fantastic because it means that now these wish granting charities have more money that they can keep for wishes that can get expensive or to help families in other financial aspects. But KWN does not do this. One wish coordinator, Dubay, alleged that in 2011, she covered more than the cost of a child's wish, but had no idea where all the extra money was going. Another former employee, Erlo, said that even after she met a goal of $2,100 to fulfill a wish, the KWN executive director insisted she keep calling and use that child's name. I said, it's not for her wish, said Erlo, who felt that she was misleading donors. I realized she just wanted to make more money. So of course, where did that extra money go? Well, not to the kids, that's for sure. In 2004, they raised over $7 million, but less than 1 million went to the program. The rest went to their fundraising efforts, otherwise known as the solicitors. Years later, they only grew worse, spending an average of less than three cents on every dollar donated helping kids. Sure, their priority is helping sick kids. For sure, yeah, definitely. When only three cents of every dollar goes to them, I definitely believe you. Plus, while some of the money goes towards executive pay, a whopping 85% of their $100 million in funds has just gone towards their phone solicitors alone. And these numbers are abysmal. It's no wonder they're rated the worst charity out there because it would take some real effort to get any worse than this. And I mean, just to reiterate, less than 3%, that's just, there's no excuse for that. Now, naturally, and of course, the founder, Mark Briner, did have an excuse, insisting that the majority of charities rely on paid solicitors, despite IRS filings reporting that only 4% of charities use outside fundraisers this way. But okay, keep telling yourself that you have almost the entire budget wiped out by telemarking and that that's normal, because according to IRS filings, it's not. Naturally, giving so little to sick kids while being a charity for sick kids started to catch up to KWN in kind of a big way. See, many of the articles that I found calling them out were published in or around 2013. When I tried to pinpoint why, I learned that a whistleblower actually spoke out against them the year prior in 2012. This whistleblower is Mianda Dubay, the same Dubay I mentioned a moment earlier who spoke to CNN about raising more money than necessary for the cost of a wish. According to the Tampa Tribune, Dubay called up the mother of a child with cancer to make them an incredible offer, a wish come true. However, the mother declined, saying that she knew about the charity's finances and didn't want anything to do with them. Dubay was surprised as any wish grantor should be. If you're working for a charity, offer a gift to someone and they say no, I'd be pretty concerned too. Dubay said that the conversation raised a huge red flag for her and she started keeping her eyes open after that. It didn't take long for her to see even more red flags. She noticed that though KWN did make payments to fundraising companies, two of the companies they paid a total of $692,000 to in 2010 were also owned by Mark Briner. You know, the same Mark that's the founder of Kids Wish Network. The charity also released an amended IRS report of their 2009 finances, proving that they paid almost a million dollars to United Charities International, 
another company that Briner was involved in, this time as a co-managing partner. Even though Mark Briner did leave KWN in 2010, he was in executive positions for both of these companies in 2009, but it gets worse. After Briner retired from Kids Wish Network, he went off to become a professional fundraising consultant. While his specialty is giveaways of race cars, can you guess which charity hired him to be their fundraiser? I'll give you one guess and one guess only. That's right, Kids Wish Network. There's no denying that conflict of interest was absolutely present. Daniel Borachoff, who runs Charity Watch, was also quick to point this out stating, you're telling me there's not a better fundraiser to use that they must use their former founder that used to work there? That doesn't smell well. The fact of the matter is that if you want to prove you're legitimate and above board, then maybe don't hire your former founder's fundraising company. Try saying that five times fast. Former founder's fundraising, former founder's fundraising. Anyway, all of this was enough to make Dubay bring her concerns to KWN. Obviously, considering it was the higher ups making these decisions in the first place, it's not as if they were actually going to act on this information. Still, Dubay never wanted to sink the charity. She believed in their cause, believed in making kids' wishes come true and just wanted to help. KWN simply didn't. They fired her the same day she emailed the board a four page letter with 26 pages of documents to support her concerns attached, then accused her of gathering information on them to create her own wish granting charity. So the message became abundantly clear. They would rather say Years sink. ago, three media organizations labeled Kids Wish the worst charity in America. Data on your side, Around 2012 and 2013, KWN's reputation as the worst ever charity began to emerge. Briner insisted that the public should ignore criticism of their finances and focus on the kids they did help. But that was no easy task when you consider how disproportionately the organization was only helping themselves. CNN, the Tampa Bay Times, and the Center for Investigative Reporting all came out in full force against KWN, announcing that, quote, the worst charity in America operates from a metal warehouse behind a gas station in Holiday, Florida. And that's quite an opening line, right? Well, that opener was followed by evidence that KWN has zero stars on Charity Navigator, spends less than three cents on the dollar to kids, and wasted an estimated $110 million between the years of 2003 to 2013. And considering that KWN was founded in 1997, this threw its entire purpose into question. No, they weren't having a few off years. No, this wasn't the result of the founder leaving in 2013. This was the charity's purpose, earning money first, helping kids second. When you have a business, you do need to profit. And if KWN were a fundraising company, then they would be doing fantastically well for themselves and helping sick children would be a great fringe benefit. But that's not what KWN claims to be. That's not what they advertise as, and it's not what they tell people when they're calling, and it's not the narrative they promote. But the allegations didn't stop there. CNN said they had researched the 50 worst charities in America, KWN being one of them, and alleged that operators throughout many of these organizations would lie to donors, take multiple salaries, and secretly pay themselves consulting fees. They'd also inflate the value of cheap gifts like air fresheners, and some of them were hardly nonprofits at all, but merely fronts for fundraising companies. I won't say that KWN is a front for Briner's fundraising business as I don't have the evidence to make such a hefty claim. But what I will say is that when you have a charity that spends the vast majority of its finances on fundraising and one of the companies they utilize is owned by the former founder, well, I wouldn't be surprised if the front CNN was referring to here is Kids Wish. The charity CNN investigated didn't take too kindly to this suspicion though. 
One charity manager threatened to call the police. Some drove off. Others refused to speak unless it was through an attorney. You know, standard stuff. And what would our very own KWN do? Well, they hired Melissa Schwartz. And who's Melissa, you may ask? Well, she's someone who worked for the government after the BP oil spill, assuring the public that BP hadn't received shallow or deep water permits to drill again after the crisis. Like, I'm sorry, but when you have to hire the person that handled the disaster that was Deepwater Horizon, you know you fucked up. The thing is, there are charities out there that get screwed over by telemarketers. I've talked about it before in previous episodes when discussing bad charities and nonprofits, and it can be an unfortunate reality. Some feel like they're forced to enter into absolutely shitty contracts with promotional companies just so they can earn some money for good. Let's say you've got a charity and no way to get it off the ground. Without the promotion, maybe you can only scrape up $20 a day on your own. But with the promotion, maybe you earn a few thousand. Sure, a gigantic percentage of that goes back to the telemarketers, but at least you're still giving back more than that $20 you could earn alone, right? Once again, it's a fabulous hypothetical, but it's not the case with KWN. And using these kinds of telemarketers for charities is never a good idea. The New York State Attorney General's office found in 2017 that more than two thirds of the time, telemarketing companies will pocket more funds than what they pass along to charities. Plus 18% of the time, they'll even charge charities more than they actually collect, leaving nonprofits in the red. Plus there are consistent complaints about KWN telemarketers harassing people. They're utilizing their founder's company and they continue to defend their actions. And there's just the sheer fact that we know it's absolutely possible to run a wish-granting charity while spending a minimal amount of money on fundraising because that's exactly what Make-A-Wish's model is. Not only is KWN paying millions and millions for these services that their founders insist they need, but they're exploiting a loophole when they report on these fundraising costs too. The guy that runs Charity Watch, Daniel Borachoff, explained that he gave KWN an F rating because they pull the wool over their donors' eyes. Between 2002 and 2003, when they spent $6.2 million on fundraising, they only classified over $4 million of it as professional fundraising on their tax forms. The other 2.2 million KWN was able to classify as program services. St. Petersburg Times wrote, the cost of a fundraising letter, for example, can be so classified because it also contains information about the charity and its work. Since KWN also uses telemarketing to track down most of their WISH candidates, they also classify this as a program service. But is there really a difference between a program service and fundraising? Well, not really. Mark A. Hager, Senior Research Associate at the Urban Institute Center on Nonprofits and Philanthropy in Washington, DC, said reporting 2.2 million as program services is implausible. Professional fundraising fees are fundraising fees and nothing else, he said. That's an attempt to look better. In other words, this still wasn't being used on the program itself. Now KWN had plenty of time to go back to the drawing board or attempt to find a new telemarketing resource if that's what they needed to truly fund their program. Instead, they crossed a line to the point where consumer lawyer Matt Widener has sued them for downright fraud. News outlets have tried to speak with them, but KWN called 911 on reporter Mark Douglas when he came knocking on their door. In 2018, when covering the Widener lawsuit, Douglas said that Kids Wish Network had somehow done the impossible and spent less than 1% of their revenue on granting wishes to kids the previous year. I asked how they could get any worse, and I suppose they heard me loud and clear. Even though Matt knows he's in for a fight with this lawsuit, he's pressing forward with it anyway. I was able to find the court documents where Widener accuses KWN of using celebrities to appear legitimate when nothing could be further from the truth. 
the word misleading is used so often, you'd think that's the name of the company, honestly. Unfortunately, this case was dismissed with prejudice in 2020. I wasn't able to find exact details as to why, but with enough awareness about KWN out there, maybe their revenue can plummet all on its own. But there's still one final thing we need to talk about. Did they always intend to be like this? Was Kids Wish built to make its founders money from the start? And why does it matter that they still exist now? And before we get into that, we're just gonna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best artists, icons, and leaders, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn songwriting with John Legend, Bob Iger is teaching business strategy, and Gordon Ramsay is of course teaching cooking. With over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors, the thing you've always wanted to do is a little bit closer than you think. So one of my big philosophies in life, which I think is pretty obvious by the content I create, is constantly learning. And what's awesome about that is you always get to improve yourself and it's something new to stimulate your brain every single day. And Masterclass gives me a full range of things that I wanna learn. Some of it, like if we're talking about, you know, branding or business or stuff like that, those are kind of more conceptual things in a way where it's things to think about of how you would do this or things that I think about how a business may or may not have been conducting themselves. And then for some of the other classes like Nikki Yamamoto, one of my favorite doing the modern Japanese cooking or even, you know, Gordon Ramsay doing cooking with him as well is in my opinion, it has maybe more of like a personal application because hey, I can actually try that in my home. Like, will I know everything about maybe like personal branding? Uh, Probably not, but can I pick up like the ingredients at a store and then try to like follow and put a dish together? Yes, I can do that but I love just consuming information all across the board and learning from someone who's like an expert in their field or has a lot of knowledge about a particular topic is extra fascinating because they just seem to know just those little minute details and those little like isms here and there. And those are the things I find particularly interesting and Masterclass captures that. If you're a lifelong learner like me, I highly recommend you check out Masterclass. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual membership with Masterclass. And when you buy one, you'll get another one for free. So make sure you go to masterclass.com slash casket today. That's masterclass.com slash casket. Now we all know it is the most festive time of the year and with the festivities comes the busyness. Thankfully, HelloFresh is there to help make sure that you can still have delicious dinners and meals on the table without totally killing your wallet or killing your time. So whether you're hosting a holiday party or just stacking up on snacks, you know, you'll find everything you need at HelloFresh's market from quick breakfast to charcuterie boards and desserts, it's all available whether you know, you're hosting a party or maybe you're just having a great Friday evening with yourself. Who cares? HelloFresh has got you covered. So if you're ready to get cooking this holiday season, make sure you go to hellofresh.com casket18 and use code casket18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com casket18 and use code casket18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. Kids Wish Network did get worse over the years from what I can see, but so many of their issues, be it the legal loopholes or minimal spending on their actual program, were still present in their early years. In 1997, when Kids Wish Network was created, it wasn't even called KWN. It was known as Fulfill-A-Wish. The Briners say that they created it after Shelley's father died of cancer. Soon, Make-A-Wish demanded they change their name in court for pretty obvious reasons, and Fulfill-A-Wish became Kids Wish Network. Still similar, but at least a little bit more different. 
They granted their first wish in 1998, and after a short while, we're granting about 140 wishes per year. Now, 140 may not sound like a lot, but it's actually double what they were doing in the midst of their scandal, as former employees claim that KWN did about 70 wishes per year around 2012. But did they create this to be a moneymaker? In my personal opinion, it most certainly seems that way. First and foremost, they called themselves Fulfill a Wish. It's pretty damn close to make a wish, and I don't think you could get much closer if you tried. Considering that the latter had already been around for about two decades by that point in time, I've got little hope for their intentions. It wouldn't have been that hard to realize that it was already taken, or they could have changed their name before Make-A-Wish brought them to court. Instead, they wanted to be as close to a reputable charity's name as possible, at least, of course, in my opinion. Secondly, they were using a vast majority of their money towards fundraising within the first five years. There's very little about them prior to the scandals around 2011 to 2013, and even less on their finances before 2005. It's possible that the first two or three years were on the up and up before they hired fundraisers and before Mark decided that there was more money to be made there. But I just, I don't know. It's, it's just very gray. And thirdly, if Kids Wish Network wanted to change, they had every opportunity to do so and tell the public about the improvements they were making. But when the news was released that a lawsuit was being filed against them, KWN kept their mouths shut. They didn't tell the public what, if any changes they were implementing, their finances didn't seem to improve whatsoever, and they had no explanation for the piles of evidence against them. The fact that this happened at all is indefensible, but they didn't even give a shit about doing better either. From what I've been able to take a look at, the only time KWN has tried to defend themselves was in a WordPress article called Kids Wish Network Is Not A Scam. I can't verify who posted this or if this blog comes from KWN itself, but it's certainly one of the only people on their side. The post, again, reiterated what we pretty much already know and emphasized their executive director, Anna Lanzatella's statement. She said, quote, "'The news accounts claim to know who we are based on a subjective narrative created by a reporter who asked our organization more than 50 questions only to publish a few fragments of a response. It fails to mention that despite the subjective and random criteria developed by the authors, Kids Wish Network undergoes regular third-party audits to verify information and filings. It is a compelling story that relies on rhetorical flourish and accusations rather than facts. And I'm gonna be honest here though, the numbers don't lie. Unless KWN can prove that they do spend more on their programs, then yeah, I'm gonna listen to the financial filings because those are factually accurate and the facts don't look good for them. Of course, the organization goes on to list every single positive thing they've done in the history of ever, listing the cities they've donated to, the wishes they've granted, and the celebrities they've partnered with. I don't doubt that they've actually done these things. It's just not enough. When people donate to Kids Wish, that's money that should be used in a far more responsible way. You know, like to the sick kids KWN claims to be helping. Funny enough, on a small section called Concerns and Controversy, this blog refutes itself because in one paragraph, they admit that Charity Navigator rated them zero stars. Then in the next, they insist that the founders weren't a part of the program starting in 2010. It feels like it comes across as though KWN is trying to say, hey, we got rid of the founders, so we're good now, or all these modern controversies happened after the founders left, so it's not their fault. The message isn't entirely clear to be totally honest with you, but either way, KWN faced financial scrutiny pre and post Briner retirement, so it's almost a moot point. But why does this all matter? We know Kids Wish Network is a garbage charity. We've hammered that point home. Well, ultimately, the top worst 50 charities out there bring in about a billion dollars per year, as of the 2013 investigation anyway. 
Not only could these funds be better utilized elsewhere, but when scammy charities take money that donors intended to go to a more reputable source, they're taking more than money, they're taking trust. The New York Times reported on this in 1999, but their sentiment still holds true today. Kids Wish Network is, in my opinion, happily exploiting charitable people's confusion. Like, have you ever seen those garbage 3D animated movies that are meant to spoof on popular titles? Like how Ratatouille is clearly a terrible, nightmarish ripoff of Ratatouille? It's great to watch YouTubers torture themselves by watching these movies and make fun of how absolutely god awful they are, but that's about all the movie's good for. Kids Wish Network is kind of like the charity version of that. They are the ratatouilleing to make a wishes ratatouille. A confused elderly person might accidentally buy or donate to the former, whether they've been mixed up by the names or they felt pressured. But Kids Wish Network definitely doesn't seem to be the first choice when you actually know what you're getting yourself into. Ultimately, I wanted to take another set of eyes after a couple years and put them right back on Kids Wish and see maybe they've gotten better, you know? Maybe, but it turns out not much has changed, unfortunately. So uh, sorry to disappoint, the uh, update didn't get much better. So if you're looking to donate to a charity that is in fact granting wishes to children, remember, make a wish, not kids wish. But with that being said, that's where we're gonna end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest information. I appreciate the time you spent here with me today. I know it's like the day before Christmas Eve, you could be doing a million and a half things. You might be doing a million and a half things and just listening to me as you go. I appreciate you all the same. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, happy holidays, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.